It is Thursday, February 15th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the St. John's River Water Management District. And now, a guy who's rested and prepared so you don't have to, J.P. And we are back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, the first edition of this 2024 offseason. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. Busy show coming up for the next hour. The new defensive coordinator talked today. We'll review what Brian Nielsen had to say. Offseason business is well underway and about a month until the start of the league year in 2024 officially and the start of free agency so a lot to handle for the jags between now and then we'll keep it real and we'll get to some microsoft social media questions and jaguars happy hour is brought to you by the st john's river water management district florida's water it's worth saving on 1010xl jaguars.com and jaguars youtube jeff Lagerman, great to see you what in the world are you wearing right now i was trying to find a jaguars hat and so I am uh, walking around the uh, Jaguars facility, and I come across this thing. Well, this thing, for those listening on radio, <laughs> is a massive oversized hat. This is awesome. It's actually pretty comfortable to wear, you know? And uh, there's well, some You pe- have a big head. Well, so. there's some, well, I have a very small head. But uh, there's some people out there that I know that uh, if you took out the foam insert, they could probably wear this like normal. Oh, you're talking about Baselli? Uh, I didn't say that. You I did. did. Yeah, I, I was it. not implying Baselli. However, I think that would make a lot of sense. Uh, it's probably, it, was, it is, actually. But it's pretty cool, right? I mean, it's a pretty cool eh, little... Eh, eh? You don't like it? I mean... Or, yeah. Do you like this one or the uh, normal hat better? Well, wear the big one the rest of the show. I, I kind of oh. like the I kind of like the normal one. <laughs> You know, but this the but the big one's cool, man. It's it's pretty. I love how big the logo. It's like a is. foot wide all the way around. In yeah, it's um, it's, it's called uh, nogginboss.com. Hmm. That's cool, man. I like it. They just got a free ad. Uh, so a lot to get to. Obviously, logs. It's been a while since we've talked. Yeah. How you been? I'm great, man. Off season, and now we're back in the flow again. We've got the combine in a couple of weeks. The uh, league year coming up. We'll get to the offseason priorities for the Jaguars coming up in just a little mm-hmm. bit. But a big day today here at the Miller Electric Center. The new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, speaking with the media. And the first question, what is this defense going to feel like? First of all, we're going to be kind of the overview of everything is, is we want to be attacking and aggressive in everything that we do. How we fit the run, how we attack blocks, how we play coverage. We want to be a forward-leaning forward running going forward defense um, and you're going to say well what about in the secondary and backpedal and all that but when we make our break we're coming out of that break to go hit you um, and so that's kind of the you know the, the two things that every day that the players come in we want to stress um, there's some things fundamental things that tackling takeaways ball disruption and pursuit and that's what we're going to be about tackling takeaways ball disruption you know you have to be a good tackling defense to be a good defense Takeaways are the number one way to limit points. Uh, ball disruption is um, making the offense play not on time. You know, we're, we're, we're taking away a, a running lane or making a ball bounce or disrupting the quarterback. And then pursuit, you know, keeping the ball inside, proper angles, you know, running and hitting. And so uh, that's what we're going to be about. That's what we're going to stress. That'll be the first thing we talk about with the guys before we even start talking scheme or, 
you know, stance or anything like that. We'll, we'll start at, at that will be our foundation and we'll go from there. All right. That's Ryan Nielsen today. Uh, he played at Southern California and went to an off season with the Philadelphia Eagles. Didn't make the team after training camp was a college assistant coach from 02 through 2016 with the saints from 17 to 22 with the Falcons last year as the defensive coordinator and now with the Jaguars. So what, what stood out to you today with the Ryan Nielsen? Well, I, first of all, you can kind of tell that uh, the energy that he possesses. And uh, anytime you're looking at uh, a coordinator, which is a big leadership position on the football staff, you want somebody that can stand in front of the room and command attention. And you got that feeling that he can do that. And with that energy that he possesses, and what he was talking about right there about, you know, we want to be a forward-moving defense, about being aggressive and all that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you want to hear, I think, as a, as a fan, but also as a player, because it essentially it's saying we're going to be as aggressive as we possibly can be. But, you know, I'm excited about watching, watching him. I'm excited to see what his staff shows, because a defensive coordinator can only be, a lot of times, as good as those around him. So let's see what he surrounds himself with. He's got a, an opportunity to do some good things, and and you know, fortunately, he was named at an early early part to where he could. I don't want to say have the pick of the litter, so to speak, but if you named a defensive coordinator next week, you'd probably have a hard time trying to get the guys that you wanted to get. So, I think it was good that he was named where at the point that he was, and it allows him to be able to surround himself with people that he trusts and that he feels good about. Well, he said today, he was asked about that uh, when he expects to have the staff filled out, and they said that you know, there's people in place, they're waiting to officially announce those names in the coming weeks. Yeah, which gives you the feeling that he, he's got everybody in place. Seems like it. But it's just a matter of maybe making sure all the contracts are executed, that the people are here, and that some of them are signed. Maybe there's some verbal agreements with some. But, yeah, you get the impression that uh, – that probably most of it is done. You know, it's funny. We, we talk about this often. You know, you're going to expect to hear certain things. You, you expect to hear a defensive coordinator say, hey, we're going to be an aggressive defense. Yeah. When's the last time you heard him say, no, we're going to lay back. Yeah, we want to play soft zone. You know, Isn't that what they say? Kind of corral them, you know, keep everything in front, you know, minimize the big plays. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of it's coach speak. But, again, when you have somebody in that position, I always look at not, not so much the message, but how that message is being delivered. You know, how are players going to react to that person being in front of the room every day? It's the same thing with, with a head coach. I mean, he's a guy that has to command attention. He has to command respect. And he has to be able to provide energy and create energy in some cases. So I like what I've seen so far. He's a young coordinator with not a ton of experience of being a coordinator, mm -hmm. but he's been around the league, I think, what, eight years. A long time was spent with the New Orleans Saints where he was in multiple positions there as a coach. Yep. So he's got some experience there. And, and look, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, uh, name escapes me right now. I'm trying to remember his name. Mm -hmm. He is widely Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen is widely respected as one of the best defensive minds in football and a, a guy that they have supreme confidence in uh, as far as being a head coach. And so he's come from a very good background. And, of course, last year the Jaguars played the Falcons. He was the Falcons' D.C. last year and beat the Falcons in London. So the, uh, Doug Peterson and the Jags got a firsthand look 
that uh, the, the way that defense operated. Well, and I think that that's important. You know, when you have a head coach who's an offensive-minded head coach, you will, I think you look at it from the perspective of which coordinator challenged us as an offense. And uh, and so Doug, having firsthand experience, and I'm sure that Doug also talked to some of the other offensive coaches, maybe uh, Press Taylor, to get a feel for, hey, look, which defense did you feel like gave us a big challenge from a scheme standpoint? And uh, so that perspective sometimes can, I think, can have a huge impact on the decision-making process of who you're going to hire. You look at it from the other side of the ball. You know, you can also look at it from the same side of the ball. If you're an offensive-minded coach and you're looking to hire an offensive coordinator, you want to sit there and look at teams and, and say, hey, I really like these concepts that this guy has. Let's bring him in. He can add to my mind, and we can do this. But from an offensive perspective, you're looking at hiring that defensive coordinator from the other side of the field. Which defense gave us a challenge? That's Jeff Logman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. And Jag season ticket members, a friendly reminder, the deadline to renew your season tickets is Friday, tomorrow, February 16th. You can log on to your Jaguars account and renew now and take advantage of all the perks and benefits of your membership. Catch all the biggest matchups as you cheer on the Jags in your season seats in 2024. Log on at Jaguars.com slash members or call 904-633-2000. More on yes. Hello. Just one thing I think that's that's <laughs> kind of that's a little bit impressive here. When you know, when you look at and I've in front of me I've got Ryan Nielsen's kind of coaching history going all the way back to 2002 when he started his coaching career as a defensive assistant at his alma mater Southern California. Okay. What stands out to you when you look at that history? For me, I look at that and go, okay, where did he cross paths with Doug Peterson? Hmm. There is no pass yeah, there's nothing. that's crossed there. Yeah, he said today he had never met him. So this is outside the box. Yeah. You know, Doug Peterson with the, the initial staff, Mike Caldwell, there was familiarity there. And so I like the, sometimes it looks, sometimes you got to go outside the box. you got to go outside your comfort zone. And uh, so I think this also could also speak volumes for Ryan Nielsen as far as maybe the respect that they have for him as a defensive coach, them going up against him, because there is no familiarity there with that hire. So, uh, you know, and look, Doug Peterson wants to have a defensive coordinator that he can be hands off. Okay, that's your side of the ball. You handle that. I'll manage the team and I'll you know, put my two cents in with the offense you know, because that's as a head coach, you want to have people that you can trust, especially on the side of the ball that you don't have, especially. Right. So, uh, so I like this. I like this hire, and uh, a lot of respect. A lot of good things that I've heard about Ryan Nielsen from people in Atlanta and people around the league. Interested to see uh, the rest of the staff too. I mean, that that whole side of the ball is pretty much wiped out, with, with the only a couple of exceptions. So, uh, what does he come up with with some of these position coaches? Well, and most importantly. As a staff, they're probably in the very early formative stages of what they want to do as a defense. You know, he's got the principles. But all of those principles have to be able to be influenced by the talent that you have on your roster. Because, look, you're not going to play style X when you got style Y players, okay? So you want to make sure that you custom fit your defense to fit 
the personnel that you have. So they're still in the discovery process, I'm sure, as a defensive staff. Yeah, he talked about that with um, Trayvon Walker. He was asked about today, how could Walker move inside more and all this? He's like, well, we'll figure out what they do best, and then we'll plan it around. They've, they've got that. a lot of film to watch. Yes, they do. A lot of film to watch, and I'm sure as a defensive staff, they're trying to get caught up on their own team. And then right now, I'm sure most of the staffs around the National Football League are trying to evaluate free agency. And then after that, I'm sure that it goes on to evaluating the college game. But when you have a new staff like this, you've got to put a playbook together. Nielsen, I'm sure, has a playbook that he's brought in from Atlanta, but he wants to make sure that his staff gets up to speed as part of this as well. You know what would help a new defensive staff? Josh Allen on your team. And we'll come back in a moment and get into that discussion on the Jaguars outside linebacker, a pending free agent. Some deadlines are right around the corner. We are just off and running on 10GenXL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. Josh Allen will be here one way or another? Yeah, Josh will be a genius. I know Josh wants to be here. I know we want him here. You know, can we come to a number that works for everybody? That's the that's the key, and I respect that. I, I, like I said last year with Evan's situation, you got to respect these guys that put themselves in this position. They work hard. They deserve to make good money. What that good means to them is could be different than what it means to us. So we just got to come together, sit down at the table, uh, and, and work things out. That's Trent Balky back in late January when asked about Josh Allen. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. First show back after the hiatus. Well, that was uh, the last time we've heard Trent Balky. At the microphone, we'll um, likely hear him again at the combine at the end of February. But mm -hmm. a lot of business to attend to between now and the start of the league year in mid-March, March 13th, 4 p.m. is the start of the league year and the start of free agency. Josh Allen has to be right up there at the top of the list of priorities. Well, it's one of the things that you can work on. I mean, you can't work on free agency. Right. I mean, you can work on evaluating, but you can't work on the contractual part of it unless you're being a blatant cheater, I guess. <laughs> That's but, right. So I'm sure yeah. it does happen to some extent. You can do extent. it once. You right. know, maybe on yeah. the side you could probably do that. <laughs> uh, but, yes, it's something that can be worked on right now. I know that uh, Josh is camped pretty anxious, and they had a response to, to Trent's words that, hey, let's get sit down at the table and let's not talk about it in the media session. Let's talk about it in private. And Josh, uh, Trent is right. Josh has earned through hard work and performance to be in the position that he is, which is to make a lot more money now than he probably would have made if the contract were done last year oh, yeah. or the year before that. So you could maybe level some criticism that the contract should have been done already. He's a, and to me, he was a foundation guy two years ago, a guy that you wanted to make sure that you tried to keep around. Um, so what does the numbers look like now? What does Joey Bosa make? A lot. Bosa is what, in the $28 million a year range? Somewhere in that range, right? I mean, somewhere in that range. I mean, Five years, $135 million. So, yeah, 30, uh, 27 average annual salary. Yeah, I mean, so that was a contract that was done last year, 
right at the beginning of last year. So, I mean, you're looking at somewhere in that range. I mean, if, if I'm a representative for Josh, I'm, I'm looking at a year later, so let's, let's start with that number, you know, or maybe even go up a little higher. You know, you can always go down. You can't go up. So, I mean, it's going to be somewhere in that mid-20s to high-20s range per year. And if not, then you have the option of using the franchise tag to buy yourself some time. But you'd like to not use a franchise tag in this situation because he's a guy that you would like to commit to for a long term because he's one of those guys that you want to have on your team. Franchise tag number is allegedly going to be around $23 million for a defensive end. So twenty one nine for linebackers. So most so. of the conversations, I believe, you, you look at okay, franchise tag in year one, franchise tag in year two, you have to add forty percent of that. Okay, correct? <laughs> I think so. Okay, so you're looking at you know, essentially thirty uh thirty let's say just thirty Two? That would be the second year. 31, 31, let's say 31, right? Somewhere in that ball, ballpark. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you're when you're having a conversation, you're, you, your beginning conversation has got to be, okay, the first two years, the guaranteed money has got to be somewhere around $54 million. Mm. I mean, that's, that's just the numbers of the National Football League nowadays. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and that's, I mean, that's where the agent's going to start the negotiations at, right? I mean, he's going to look at Bosa's contract, what was done last year and look at the franchise tag number this year versus what the franchise tag would be in year two and look at that and say, okay, here's where we start. It's a lot of money. Devil's Good advocate. football player. Devil's advocate, right? The argument, I think, probably could be made the other way, that he was great as a rookie, Pro Bowl player. Yeah. Was banged up a good bit, middle of his career. That's right. And then last year turned it on in a contract year. So – well, you're missing a year in there, okay? You, yeah. You're basically you're you're putting it in three years. There's more than three years in there. Yeah, I know. You know, so he's, but in general, the the middle three. He's had he's had an excellent year as a rookie yes. with good players around him. Was banged up a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Had a solid second year, I believe it was, and then last year had a, a a fantastic year. But that fantastic year also was there without a dominant pass rush force in the middle. You had Trayvon on the other side, who mm-hmm. was good. I don't want to say he was great. I think he still got a ways to go to be in that great category. But name me a dominant inside pass rusher that the Jaguars have. They didn't They didn't show they, it a lot. They don't. No. They don't. No. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, that Josh earned these numbers, okay, on his own. It's not like that he was the, the beneficiary of having John Randall, okay, or Bruce Smith up in the inside, and he's, you know, just going to reap the benefits. That, that wasn't the case. Josh earned this this number, and he earned the contract that he's going to get. You know, and he's a good football player. You know, the one thing about Josh and what I love about him, he was banged up a little bit at the beginning of this year, he this was. past year. Yeah. Remember he had the shoulder issue that kind of was, was banged up, but he fought through it. You know, and the one thing about Josh that I always give him credit for is Josh is 100% team guy first, and he's always in, in availability, productivity. I mean, all those things, those those – terms that you talk about for football players he's been those terms for this football team and and then also if you don't sign him now you've created another hole yeah at some point uh, and and it would be another first round pick that you don't get to a second contract 
in this franchise. And that's not plagued, what you want to have. It has plagued this organization. That's got to stop at some point. Another uh, name on the list of possible priorities, Calvin Ridley, a pending free agent. Let's hear what the GM had to say about Ridley. Calvin did some awfully good things. I, I love Calvin Ridley. He's, uh, he's all ball. Uh, you guys and gals that were able to see it practice, I mean, he loves, to, he loves to practice. He loves to play. He loves the game. And the sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. So there you have it with Calvin Ridley. And if they re-sign him, the way I understand it, before the start of the league year, then they would have to give up that second round pick as part of the compensation to the Falcons. Yeah, whatever you do, you don't want to give up the high pick. I mean, seriously, you don't. Okay. You, you just don't want to do you that. I'd rather not. Right. And well, you you yeah. you have a choice in that matter. Well, yeah. So do not do anything that where you have to give up the higher pick. Do you do you need him on this team? Can you do you need you don't need anybody on this team? I mean, I, except for the franchise quarterback, you got to have franchise mm -hmm. quarterback. You can you can win football games with other players is, you know, look, the reality is, is that last year, Calvin Ridley had a solid first year. And when I say solid, I would say solid plus because remember, he missed time because hey, of the suspension. It's almost two years. First time in a new system, first time with a new quarterback. But there were times this past year and you can't ignore the fact that there were times that there seemed to be a lack of being on the same page. And if you if you stick your head in the sand, you're making you're a mistake on that, I think. You also have a significant amount invested in Christian Kirk. You have a guy that the quarterback trusts in extreme fashion in Zay Jones. If he's and out there. And, if, and when he's out there, now you've banged up this past year. Mm -hmm. Evan Ingram, you got a significant amount invested in him. You know, and at some point, you need the one part I think that you're missing at that position is a guy that can take the top off of a defense. That's not Calvin Ridley. That's not Christian Kirk. So can you live without him? Sure, you can live without him. In a perfect world, what you'd like to be doing is is growing and developing some of your own that, you know, when you have a situation like this, you sit there and you go, you know what, we got Bob – Okay, that was a backup this past year, and he's ready to take that next step into a Calvin Ridley type of class. Do you have that at well, that position right well, now? They haven't been able to draft high receivers. I mean, a lot of the receivers that are the backup guys are well, late round undrafted. That's guys. kind of what has plagued the franchise for. I don't yeah. want to say its entirety is, but it's you know, the, you've got to draft better so that you can develop players because that's the lifeblood of any franchise. And I'm not criticizing the draft from last year or the year before, but long-term because sometimes it takes two to three years to develop some of these guys yeah. so that they are those type of players for you once they get to year three or year four. Especially a receiver. It's so hard for a rookie receiver to come in and just blow it out of the water. Well, it's getting easier now because the college game is now such a passing-oriented mm -hmm. game I think that's one of the easier positions for a now. player to come in and to, to be what, able to contribute. What's the easiest, you think? Running back, maybe? Because there's only – Probably so. Yeah. I, just because running back is a – oh, gosh, I mean – To it's react a, and hit the hole, right? Well, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, a, it's an instinctive position. Um, offensive line, sometimes it takes a guy to get the – 
the size to develop the technique, defensive end or pass rushers, defensive tackles, kind of the same thing, learning the technique, learning that just being the biggest, the strongest, and the baddest dude on the football team doesn't work anymore. You need to have technique. I think corner is a position that takes a little time to develop. Quarterback definitely takes time to develop. But, yeah, I think wide receiver, running back, you know, kind of those positions that you know where they're going are a little bit easier to develop than some of the others probably. But if you're a rookie receiver and you're, you're facing off against a, a high-caliber fourth-year, fifth-year corner on the other side, that corner is going to have the advantage because he's got the experience against you. Yeah, I mean, but there's some wide receivers, Puka Nakua. Uh, right. Okay. I mean, yeah, he came in and like late pick. Blew it out of the water. Who knew? Right? Rookie year. But they found a way in that offense yeah, to use him well. Look, I, th- I think you can always find guys that step into the league and are ready to go right away, no matter what the position, because it happens. Quentin Nelson, for example, first year when he was with the Colts, an offensive lineman, a position we were just talking about, it takes time to develop. Well, day one, he rolled in there, dominant force. Dominant force. Justin Jefferson, dominant force from the day he came into the yeah. league. Okay, the tight end for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, he's Day good. one force. He was good. The moment he came into the league this past year, when we were watching him in the inter-squad squad practices, we were like, wow, this guy's really good. Sam Laporta. You yeah. know, so some guys are just have a knack for it. They're ready to go, ready to go right out of the gate. But it does. it's not common. Yeah, it's it's that's the point. I not think common. It's that you got to find those guys. You know, and, and it's hard to find. What is the number with Ridley? You know, I mean, that's a great question, right? I'm sure I, I would know. think that in theory he would want to go test the water. Well, and, uh, and coming off the season that he had, and that, and that, I think also you want to you want to see also what's out there from from an organ. You always want to see what's out there, even even with Josh Allen. But the position that Josh Allen plays, that's you don't find guys no. <laughs> at that position yeah. that become available. I mean, that's corner. Pass rusher, quarterback. I mean, left tackles. Those are the guys. I mean, offensive linemen you've been actually, if you look over the last couple of years, those guys have been changing teams more often than yeah, not. That's true. But the pass rushers, the corners, the quarterbacks, they don't look. That Very rarely does one come available that's worth the, the premium. Join the Jags 5K Stadium Challenge presented by Novo Nordisk on Saturday, February 24th at Everbank Stadium. You can register now at jaguars.com slash 5K, the number 5K. It's a lot of Ks. Five of them, in fact. Yeah, I wouldn't be good with 5K. Ramps and things. Yeah, I and, can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that running I got stuff. blown out by Baselli in that one year. I challenged him to a duel. Yeah. And after about a half mile or a, a K. He gassed know, out. I, he was gone. Yeah, my days of K anything are long gone. I before he snapped his. I could ride a bike. I mean, I'm, I'm, I could ride a bike. I'm sure you can, we could all do that. Yeah, I could ride a bike. Five to be done in like five minutes. I'm not running anywhere though like that. Nope. Uh, no. Can't do uh, it. We're back in a moment. We'll hear more from Ryan Nielsen, new defensive coordinator for the Jaguars. Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving. The first time the slip came in, it was denied. Um, that's a whole nother story, but it was, that's a good story. Um, and so we decided that, you know, we had a little time off and that they were going through their process and interviewing and things like that. And so, so we took the family down. Um, <laughs> we took them down to, to Disney World and we were on the small world. 
and eventually the, the slip got uh, uh, granted permission for the slip. And so we're sitting on, and I've got our kids and my wife's on the other end, and we just sat down on the boat and got a text from Coach Peterson basically said, hey, Ryan is coach and would like to talk to you, you know, that type of deal. And I looked at my wife and I'm like, how long is this going to be? Like, <laughs> got to make a call, right? And so you don't realize I, I was on, I can't remember last time I was on a small world, but it seemed about a half an hour that ride and eventually got off and it worked out. But yeah, so that's how it all. And then um, we were down there and it was really easy, came up for the interview and kind of went from there. So uh, yeah, it was pretty Pretty interesting how it all worked out. That's Ryan Nielsen today, Jaguars defensive coordinator, where he was when he got the word from head coach Doug Peterson, the small world ride at Disney World. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour, brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving. I couldn't tell you how long that ride is either. I think I was seven years old when I was on it last time uh i was on it gosh uh, years ago but yeah it uh it's kind of an annoying song <laughs> it is a little bit <laughs> but it's uh look i love disney world don't get me wrong okay but that's like uh and it's like it's like a kind of a song that you would expect to hear in a horror movie it's just like you know it plays over and over and over and over again and it's like high pitched. yeah it's eerie yeah but Disney's great. On that note, uh, let's move along. Great for the kids, though. <laughs> it is, uh, we're on Tinted XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, J.P. Shadrick. That's Jeff Lagerman. It's time for Keeping It Real. This is a segment we always did on Monday nights, Lux. All right. Uh, we're moving it to Thursdays, though, in the offseason. That's great. We're going to keep it real. I, I like to keep it as real as you can keep it. I, I like that. It's real out here. I like okay? that. And keep it that way. Uh, what's the best thing you heard from the new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, today? And, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go back to this again, and, and it's not so much what he said, but the way he says it. And that I'm a big believer in, in guys that can lead, that guys that can command respect, that when they get in front of the room. And everybody has a different style. For example, Pete Carroll. Defensive coordinator when I was with the Jets. Okay. High energy, positivity, great messaging, fun to listen to, made everything fun, fun, fun. Okay. Fast forward to my time in Jacksonville as a player. Dick Durant, quiet, understated. But when he spoke, there was a high level of respect, candor, and honesty that came out of him. And so two different ways of delivering a message. And I like the energy that Ryan Nielsen had. To be perfectly honest with you, I thought Mike Caldwell was kind of dry. Um, I liked him as a person, um, but didn't have a lot of that energy. And it's early with, with Ryan Nielsen, but you know, I like the way he's talking about being aggressive, but all defensive coordinators are saying the same kind of thing in different ways. But again, uh, I believe he's a front-of-the-room type of guy, and that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, by the way, um, Mike Caldwell ended up in Las Vegas with the Raiders, linebackers coach and run game coordinator. Yeah, he's – look, uh, I think Antonio Pierce is going to do a great job. He did a great job to finish the year out with the Raiders, and I like Mike Caldwell, and I hope he does well. The, the one thing that Ryan Nielsen is going to be challenged on, the one – thing that that Mike Caldwell established here 
takeaways. Yeah, they did well. In, 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 in that statistical there. category, the defense was outstanding for two years running. So that's the challenge, Ryan Nielsen. And he talked about how you limit offensive points. And number one thing he said, takeaways. Well, keeping that on, on the front of the minds of the players has got to be paramount to his success. What did you like um, when he started talking about the secondary and the way they – work through their coverages and, and, and such today? What stood out? Anything? Well, I mean, he he kind of covered it with a broad brush. He I talked just, about right. it in a lot of different ways because, you know, when he was people, when he was asked a question about what style would he play in the secondary and he talked about being multiple and that, <laughs> uh, you know, we want to be able to confuse, we want to look a certain way. He went all over the map. So I don't think there was anything clear cut that he said that hey we want to play this style. Yeah, because there's that narrative that he oh, they they all play man in his defense no, and all this. Right? No, a lot of it may look like man, but it ends up being his own concept. You know, but the one thing again that he wants to do with this defense is to be downhill, downhill, aggressive, downhill. Might give a big player two here or there if you're that no, aggressive, that's right? not acceptable. I mean, Minimize the damage. That. No, can't do that. See, a lot of people think that that those two things go hand in hand. People think, okay, aggressive. Okay, got to give up some big plays, but we're being aggressive. Okay, like so, you have to live with the one in order to do the other. No, 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 hmm. no. Look, you can play aggressive without giving up big plays you just have to be smart about it you have to pick and choose you know if you go to the Super Bowl look at the Super Bowl look look at the job that Kansas City did Kansas City did a great job as a defense down the stretch they were aggressive you know but did they give up any big plays by the Uh, 49ers no well the the double pass thing but that's it trick play yeah that was a weird one yeah kind of a weird one but I mean other than that Kansas Kansas City did a really good job minimizing the damage, and they play pretty aggressive. By the way, that was a great Super Bowl. You know, it helps when you have Chris Jones in your defensive line, too, to, to be aggressive. You know what? They uh, might want to block him he, occasionally. You know, he, third. he did a really good job. He did a really good job. I was impressed with the way he played in that game because I thought in the AFC Championship game, I didn't think he was at his best. And it was fun to watch him. You know, And by the way, I'm – I don't know about you. You were probably thinking the same thing that I was. I was happy because we've got some friends on the Kansas City Chiefs staff. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Cullen, mm-hmm. the defensive line coach, happy for him. Andy Heck, who's done a fantastic job with Kansas City's offensive line, happy for him. Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, right. Former Jaguar. Another ring. Was texting with him, and he was excited that he could share a Super Bowl victory with his daughter. <laughs> And uh, but I mean, just you know, so he's got a ring now with Tampa Bay and with yes, Kansas City. and with Kansas City, That's and he's backing up remarkable. the second coming of the goat. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I mean, what what, what a career! I mean, he's the builder of goats. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but he's there to back up the goats. Well, and then look, he's, he's in a great position, and uh, and he does a great job, and and kudos to him, and congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. What a year. What, three out of the last five years they are going to have an opportunity to go for a three-peat this year. You know, hopefully the Jaguars will have something about – something to say about that. A lot of former Jags in that game. Otherwise, yeah, Juwan Taylor. Yeah. Um, ben Barch. Ben Barch, who was a backup offensive lineman mm-hmm. for the 49ers. You know, mm-hmm. happy for those guys because we know them. 
You know, I mean, that's that's a great thing. I mean, when you think about the league, is that you're happy for people that you know, the, because it's such a rare opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And for those people that, that got that opportunity and got it, just happy for them. I, I was texting Joe and Andy and Blaine. I was just texting them all saying, man, happy for you. Enjoy the heck out of it. And I know they did. We're back in a moment. We've got social media questions powered by Microsoft. Logs, I know you're a social media maven. Oh, yes. Big, big on social big media. Big on I've gotten X. bigger in the offseason so far, Jason. Have you? Yeah. I've sworn off of Instagram. This is totally counterproductive to my day. I didn't know you were sworn into it. Well, I was kind of kind of enjoying it because, you know, you can find a lot of these little bits and films and all that kind of stuff. Finally, I just said, you know, I'm just wasting my day and not getting anything done by being on Instagram. All right. We'll come back and we'll get some uh, posts from X. How about that? When yeah, we that's come cool. back. It is a Jaguars happy hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. Jaguars happy hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman. We're on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars uh, YouTube as well. I was trying to remember where we were, YouTube. I, I was actually watching, the, I watched the beginning part of Ryan Nielsen's press conference on YouTube Live. How about that? Pretty cool. Right. Walked into the press conference about midway through. Mm-hmm. Quietly tried to turn off the volume on my phone. How'd that work out? Not very well. Yeah. <laughs> Not very well. I turned around. I'm like, oh, I guess Logovin's here. Now. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a disruption. Uh, my apologies to you, JP. <laughs> oh, I mean, and to the fine. others. Hey, it's whatever. It's fine. But uh, I quickly uh, quickly was like trying to hit every button on my phone to turn the <laughs> volume down. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Glad you made it. Glad you made it. I made it. I'm surprised you saw me. I was in full-blown camo. Uh, you were full camo. Yeah. Like you just came out. I, I you actually did. Came from um, an event. Yeah. I yeah, had, a, had a good event a day. We had a, a charity function today where we rained, uh, raised some really good money for a local charity called Angelwood. So it was a fantastic day so far. Love that. Let's get to some social media questions powered by Microsoft. We put the cat signal out on X earlier today. Here's the best we've come mm. up with. At Amelia Wizard, like a high schooler waiting until the night before to write an essay, how late will Logaman wait until looking at potential <laughs> draft pick tape? <laughs> uh, I actually will start watching uh, the draft pick tape starting in March. Oh, you got like two weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, I typically start in March because I, what I try to do is to wait on – the the uh, the top 100 lists that start to come out, you know the the prospects for the draft, uh, it kind of gives me a little bit of a guide to follow as I work my way through the different positions, and so you kind of check them off the box, you know because typically I'll watch the top 100, 125 prospects, you know, so I'm kind of covered through a couple two three rounds. Because, you know, our broadcast duties typically cover the first round only. But, it, you know, the, the potential field of possible first-round picks is a little bit broader than just 
watching 32, right? You got to watch 65 to really kind of cover the potential first round. And in some cases, probably the top 75 or 80, because that's the number that could be first round picks. Now, if, you know, you'll, will you get to a point where you'll say, hey, the Jaguars need these certain five positions and go deeper on those positions? Hey, maybe sometimes. they get them in the fifth round or yes. something? And yeah, watch, sometimes. Watch 10 defensive tackles kind you, of deal? Yeah, you, you always watch. I mean, I always watch the quarterbacks regardless of whether they need one or not just because it's the most important position in football. And uh, at some point, you know, the Jaguars crazy if they wouldn't think of taking another quarterback. Even if you have one and you feel good about your guy, you still look at the possibility of taking one. Um, look at what Kansas City – Kansas City had Alex Smith, was playing fine, still drafted Patrick Mahomes. You know, you can't pass up that opportunity. So, But to answer your question about watching a specific position a little bit deeper, absolutely, like defensive tackle, because that is definitely going to be a need for this football team going forward. Pass rushing defensive tackles. That leads us into our next question at Van Diver 21 for co-GMs Lagerman and Shadrick. What is the primary need on each side of the ball, and how would you address it? Well, I've said this before. This football team needs to get more physical and more physical on both lines of scrimmages. So your offensive line and your defensive line, you've got to get better with the interior of your defensive line, you need to get some depth at the edge. Okay, Josh and Trayvon are not enough. Yeah, and uh, Chalevon Chase on a free agent coming up. He, and you're not gonna you're not gonna resign. Right. So and really, you got nobody else to, to smooth a little bit. But he's but he's smooth wasn't back to form last year. So you've got to consider looking at depth at the edge position. But the defensive tackle, you need to find a way to get some pass rush from that position. And then on offense, you've got to get better along the offensive line. And in particular, in the interior of the three. And so you need to find a way to get bigger, stronger, more physical up into that area. I think that's priority number one is the offensive side well, and, for me and, because you got to protect the quarterback. Well, and that's weapons. What, that's what and, this is. Well, again, wide receiver, you never – you never. I think you never pass up an opportunity to improve yourself – at the wide receiver position. Now you had uh, the undrafted guy from San Jose State last mm -hmm. year, um, name escapes me now, uh, that you felt pretty good about. But mm -hmm. can he be the guy? I don't know. But you've got to consider drafting that position. Um, tackle, you always consider drafting tackle because you can play tackles at guard for a period of time. And a lot of times college tackles are not – forecasted or projected to be pro tackles. Some of them have to be guards. Look at Skaronsky with the Tennessee Titans. Was a highly rated tackle in college, but ended up being a guard. And that probably wasn't the best value pick on the planet for the Tennessee Titans because you don't draft a guard that high, in my opinion, unless he's a game changer. Uh, Elijah Cooks was the receiver from yes, San Jose State. Jacob Harris from UCF. Yes, thank Those you. the two young guys. Thank you. Um but if you don't have, you know, let's think about the interior here's another, of this offense. Here's, here's, a, here's another position, yeah. JP, I'm going to throw out there. Something you probably didn't even think of. What's that? How about kicker? How about it? Okay, you, uh, you brought back Riley uh, Patterson. Riley Patterson a signed a futures contract. Yeah, he's around. Brandon McManus, a little bit of a question mark last year. In moments. Yeah. Later. Okay. Yeah. 
I think you you absolutely look at that position as well. But the priority, I mean, going back to where we started this thing, is on the interior of the offensive line. And defensive line. Interior of the offensive and defensive lines. You've got to get more physical. You've got to get bigger and stronger. Now, do you have some some guys that could develop? Could Cooper Hodges develop to, to be one of those guys? Right. I mean, he's coming off a knee surgery. There was some encouraging signs prior to the knee injury. Where is he at now? I don't know. We'll see. Uh-huh. Do you have any defensive tackles that you feel good about their development? Devon Hamilton's got to get back to being healthy. Yeah, you got some young guys. You got, uh, I mean, Lacey was around, right? But he didn't play much. And he's he's one of those kind of run stuffing, but he's not a pass rusher. I don't see dominant pass rusher out of him. He's a guy, or should I say, the position you're looking for is pass rusher. Interior, pass rusher. And that that's a hard position to find. Hard position to find. Look in the Look in the division. Who's the most dominant interior pass rusher in the division? In the division, or the most dominant interior player in the in the in the division? Oh, um, Buckner. Yeah, yeah. DeForest, yeah. DeForest Buckner? Buckner, Andy, absolutely. Right, I think. Um, Tennessee, Jeffrey Simmons. He's good when he's out there. When he's out there, a little banged up this past year, yep. but when he's out there, yeah. dominant. He's arguably the best in the division. Mm-hmm. Do you have one of those guys? I would say no, right now. No, no. you don't have one of those guys. Get me one of those guys. Well, the guys are going to be around that are on this defensive line because their dead cap number is huge. Some of these guys, Roy Robertson, Harris. I mean, Fadakasi doesn't have a big dead number, right? I, I, right. My guess would be that his time may be up with his team. I think Roy Robertson, Harris, who signed an extension last year, Devon Hamilton, I believe, signed an extension last year. Fine, those two good football players, mm-hmm. two good football players. Devon's got to get healthy though. Now, the last year was last year if was only I mean just a shell of himself last year. Roy Robertson Harris, I I wasn't happy with where he was at last year. I thought he was good at times, but then at times he disappeared. He's got to be better. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's no Roy's not going yeah. anywhere now. But he's got to be better. Oh sure, I, yeah, absolutely does. Foley Fonacasi, I mean, he's twelve million cap hit, twelve eight, and the dead cap's nine two. So you're saving three. Mm-hmm. Still big. That's still a big number to not play. It's a, he represents a cap savings though. Three million. Yep. Ish. Can't so ignore I, that. So yeah, that's true. So I mean, a, and I think it might be more than that. I mean, so I I think that, that that's a position though. You've and then supposedly that's that's a position of strength in this draft. Yeah, I can't say that for sure. I can't say that firsthand because, again, I haven't started the process of looking at him, but I will, and that's a position that I will focus on in a big fashion. So you got to be prepared for this draft to not be a sexy draft, at least near the top. It's going to be big uglies, maybe, right? Well, look, I look. <laughs> if they're out there. I like big and ugly is sexy to me, JP. <laughs> I mean, football players are big and ugly and tough. I mean, that's that's where it's at. Yeah, that's where it's at. You know, I mean, how many times have you heard a coach say this game is won or lost in the trenches? trenches I, I you hear it all that the time. today. Right? Defense wins championships. I mean, yeah. you hear all of these statements that are made. But, I mean, this team's got to get bigger, stronger, and more dominant at the line of scrimmage. Because if you look at some of the big games that they played this past year, that's not an area that they were winning consistently. 
And on the offensive line and the interior, they've got to get better. They've got to get better. One more question. At Cali Hotshot IRL, what changes would you like to see or would you make this offseason? This is kind of broad. Yeah, that's a broad brush. Um, I think they've, you know, they've made the big changes they're going to make. I mean, they, they got rid of a lot of the defensive staff. A new DC's coming in. Um, you know. That's that's really the big changes so far. I mean, the passing game coordinator's gone now, right? So they got to figure that out on well, offense. Just, just one thing offhand, okay? You look at last year, you know, the draft class that was last year. Where did you? Where was the production at there? The right tackle, Anton Harrison. Yep. Okay. Any production anywhere else for the most part? Mm, not really. Okay. No. I, I want to see more production out of that class this year. Okay, whatever it takes. Do you develop them? These guys get pushed. They get challenged from another class or free agent guys, whatever. I want to see production out of that class because there was a lot of picks that they invested last year. And then this past year, they did not get a lot of production out of that class as a whole. Relative to some other teams. Of course, Brenton Strange, second-round pick. And I like Brenton Strange. Don't get sure. me wrong. I like him as a player, but he essentially played the role of a, of a fullback last year. Mm-hmm. Do you draft fullbacks in round two? Tank Bigsby, another running back selection. They, you know, he he, he had a couple issues early on, and, the, and I think there was a lack of confidence with him, and that's got to change. Ventrell Miller, foot problem all year long, didn't play at all. Was hurt in college, too. Yep. Tyler Lacey, we already talked about, fourth-round pick. So, solid year. Solid year for a fourth-round pick. Yasir Abdullah, edge rusher, but got was nothing inactive. out of him. Antonio Johnson was good late. Love him. Parker Washington had some Ar- moments. Arguably my, my, my favorite draft pick from last year. Johnson? Yes. Yeah, Antonio Johnson. This, this He's got – he reminds me of – Hamilton with the Ravens and that he has the ability to play nickel. He can play corner. He can play safety. I like him. I like him a lot. Social media questions powered by Microsoft are in. Thanks for all the submissions today. Logs, good to see you. It'll be a couple more weeks before we see you again. You're out next week, and then we're at the Combine in two weeks. Oh, wow. Combine's in two weeks? Two weeks. Wow. From today. We'll be in Indy for this show. All right. Well, you can cover it in Indy. I'll be there (laughs) with our whole crew, of course. Max Hockman on the controls today. Joe Fortunato on the audio for Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour.